Hi, welcome to BA Brew. I'm Jonathan. I'm Victoria. And I'm Joe. Today, we're going to be talking about the professionalisation, and that's not an easy word for me to say, of the business analysis profession. So what we want to do is take a, a look at how is it that we um, set and raise professional standards in the profession. We're going to have a look at um, some of the routes um, for business analysis, learning, training, qualifications, and certifications. Um, and I'm absolutely delighted to have Joe and Victoria here as a guests on the BA Brew. And um, Victoria, I think you're the first ever participant that's got their mug before. I know. It's, it's amazing. So <laughs> this is uh, Jonathan having a little play with Lean and, and trying to get 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 things to the customer just right the right at the right time. And, and I wish I could take all the credit. Uh, it's our logistics manager that's helping with all of this. So And I'm, I'm shocked as well, Victoria, that you've not yet eaten your Kit Kat. It's still here, ready. Which is, I mean, this is unheard of. This is new territory in terms of the BA brew. Right, um, right I'm going to start, start with a question then. Um, let's tackle the word professionalism first. What does it mean to be a professional? Um, let's start with that and then let's expand on how. what does it relate to with regard to business analysis. So, Victoria, do you want to kick us off? What, what does it mean to be a professional? Yeah, I mean, if you look up the definition, it talks about having a, a code of ethics. It talks about a certain level of training and expertise um, and conducting your work in a manner that is is recognised by, by others. Um, so I think on based on that definition, business analysis is definitely a profession. Yes. Whether we're fully evolved, um, you know, probably that's part of today's debate, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, which we can get into. And then, then we use I use this word professionalization, which isn't quite that. It's something different, is it? Do you want to, do you want to unpack that one for us as well, Victoria? Or should I throw on to Joe? On to Joe. On to Joe. Professionalization okay. then. What do we mean by that? What do we think that one means? I think professionalization is really about moving towards something. So so I think with professionalism, one of the words that um, perhaps I'd also throw in there is standards because mm. there are expectations around the standard of a professional doing their their work right and it, it yeah. doesn't matter whether we're going to a, a garage or a doctor we, we expect a certain level of um, service of standards and i think professionalization is probably about those standards becoming whether it's us achieving them or whether it's organizations raising them and setting them but but it's really about putting that that standard down i think and people working towards it yeah yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of standards, and we've talked about this before, Joe. Um, not least on on your podcast um, very recently. Yeah. But one of the reasons I'm a big fan of standards is because they enable us to communicate. So if we are talking using the same standard, we can share knowledge and information. Um, and I always think of music notation. And I had a failed attempt at learning the piano many years ago. Um, so I, I did try and learn the notation for. Um, music and I, I didn't get very good at it to be honest I'm sorry <laughs> got a bit of a cough um but you could you can write music for a for an opera or a um I don't know a classical piece of music or for a piece of you know rap music and it's you could use it using the same music notation so it doesn't stop creativity it just enables musicians mm -hmm. to share knowledge these are the notes to be played in this order at this level. 
you know this this type of beat um that's speaking the same language isn't it it's about yeah. it's about having that common understanding across yeah. across a discipline that everyone can buy into and appreciate and, yeah. and contribute towards yeah yeah i think it, it, it's really really important right so i'm going to ask you both then what have you done yourselves in terms of developing your own professional standards your own um kind of what did what have you done to and i've chosen both of you i asked you both for very pointed reasons because i knew that you've done a lot in this space victoria do you want to give us brief synopsis of what you've done to for your own professional development and then how you've contributed to professional standards as well Absolutely. So I think it probably started um, back at university. Um, so I have a I have a degree in product design, which is very unrelated to business analysis. <laughs> um, but it got me into the the kind of the academic world and and that process of learning. Um, I quite quickly realised that I didn't want to be a product designer. Um, I stumbled on the profession of business analysis, as most of us do. Um, and I took a degree in, in business administration and, and strategy. Um, and from that, I discovered my love of business analysis and the, the process of change. Um, and then I managed to get some support from, from work in terms of complete my foundation um, certificate in business analysis. Um, and then went on to do the, the BA diploma. Mm -hmm. um, was introduced to the BCS folks um, in a in a professional capacity. So I started working as a BA oral examiner. Um, then went on to do the advanced diploma. Um, I self studied CBAP, which was quite difficult. I'm oh, sure wow. we'll come on to that later. <laughs> um, and yeah, and various other qualifications along the way. Just because I I love that process of learning. I love that process of. Um, arming myself with that information for that yeah. for those work situations yeah. um so yes yeah, so i do i do work for the bcs occasionally um yeah. as a courseware reviewer and exam paper reviewer as yeah. well brilliant and that kind of that route all the way back from learning at university through to your professional career and then giving back you know that's that's kind of <clears throat> we have we can't clone you and, and not going to happen but the more <laughs> victorias we have in the profession the more the profession as a whole uplifts um which i think you know is testament to the work that you, you're doing in terms of helping to push forward the profession so thanks victoria joe mm -hmm. do you want to give a similar such brief okay. synopsis of your journey to being a professional business yeah, um yeah I, I i've had to scratch it down i didn't realize i needed to bring my cv along today okay if we're going back to back to university i, I studied business and finance at, at mm -hmm. university and um i mean interestingly for me in that i sort of did some other jobs that were unrelated after leaving university like being a fish finger and a removal man but we yeah. won't we, we won't go there but when start to get back into sort of corporate work it was funny and business analysis work it was funny looking back at, at college that i had done a few things uh, that, that i was suddenly familiar um with so um yeah i i, I did that I, I then went on to complete a master's in computing for commerce and industry and uh, I, I guess that's the more sort of pure academics and then alongside that i've got my bcs international diploma I seem to be ambling towards my advanced diploma. Um, we're just getting a little bit nearer and nearer. I'm a BCS oral examiner 
Uh, I teach the courses uh, very regularly. And another thing that I did along the way was I helped to co-author the IIBA competency model um, mm -hmm. when that, that uh, version two, I think, a few years ago. Yeah. And and you recently, I understand you've completed your CBAP. Was that self-study as well? Yes. And my CBAP, yes, self-study, very little study, actually, <laughs> but yes, self-study. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to answer my own question. So I did a politics degree and I, on completion of my politics degree, thought, well, I need to get something a bit more vocational. So I did a master's in management um, where I was introduced to things such as business analysis and information systems and lots of other subjects as well. Um, I then went and got a job and I started off working in insurance um, as an underwriter. I moved fairly quickly within a year into a business analysis training program but i did my foundational studies with assist who i now work for i'm a director of assist now but right at the start of my business analysis career assist trained me and my first course was modeling business processes which is a bcs aligned certificate and i went on that course and, and my boss assumed that i then knew everything about modeling business processes and threw me into a newly acquired business and my task was to work out what we need to do in terms of their IT systems because I'd done uh, quite a short course and it, it gave me the foundations and I was able to apply it immediately in my job. Um, I was taken in by what was known as the information systems examination board, the wheel that they used to have. I did my um, BCS international diploma training uh, the majority of it was with with assist i did the business analysis practice the requirements engineering module and then i did organizational context i believe it was called um yeah. did the oral exam at the end which was an interesting thing because i'd not done an oral exam since my french gcse oral exam when i was 15 <laughs> there's quite a gap between oral exams um i also did things like prince 2 i studied TOGAF, the Open Group Architecture Framework, and I'm, I'm TOGAF certified, or certainly was um, a, a while back. Um, and I also went away and did an MBA, so Masters of Business Administration. I did that part-time while I was working um, as a business analyst, business architect, and, and that was a lot of work. Um, I, like yourselves, have been involved as an oral examiner with the BCS, um, so I've done over 15 years as an oral examiner. I'm currently the lead assessor for the advanced international diploma um, provided by the BCS. And just next week, I've got I got notification yesterday that I've been invited to my final interview for the Expert Business Analysis Award. And I found out that I need to put together a presentation. So that's on my to-do list to create a 15-minute presentation for my uh -huh. Expert Award interview. Um, it's a small is, select group, Jonathan, isn't it? The uh, Expert VA Award. It is a very small select group. <laughs> and, and I've been told that experts by their very nature are quite few in number. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a few people that only a few people that have got to that level is is my, yeah, our understanding of it anyway. So that that hopefully gives us kind of a, a, a nice broad remit across kind of how might you... Um, Think about each of our individual respective journeys towards being professionals, at least from a certification qualification side. Um, let's now dive into a little bit of the qualifications. I'm quite interested to know what your thoughts are on the respective merits of 
the assessment methods for the respective qualifications that you've, you've studied towards. So um, multiple choice questions. Are they a good way of assessing business analysis skill and competence? Um, what do you think? Um, Joe, do you want to take that one? I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to take that one. I think multiple choice questions are very difficult to write. Mm. Um, I, you know, I get a lot of feedback from people when they when they do their sort of practice exams and things like that. And 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 one of the things that stands out to me is ambiguity. Ambiguity is very difficult to spot until somebody sees it in a different light mm. to how it was was intended. I, I think it's difficult. I don't think it's impossible. I think it depends at the angle, the kind of knowledge, the kind of skill that you need to demonstrate by that question. I think that's very important. Of course, we've got different multiple choice questions happening at different levels of exams across the qualifications. So the intent behind those, those questions um, is obviously key. Mm. I don't like them as much as I prefer a written exam, if I'm honest, with with a case study, with um, the opportunity to demonstrate modelling a particular answer to a question, depending on whether it's a you know a process model or whether it's a business activity model or or, or whatever it is. So so I don't think they can be be quite as good as that, but I certainly don't think they're they're the worst thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it. it... I guess I know the answer to every question is it depends, maybe, but it mm. depends on how well written that multiple choice question is, how well written is the question, the scenario, the answers, and is there any ambiguity in, in the question? It's a, it's a real skill to write them. Um, Victoria, I think you, you I, I, I'll share, I, I've been involved in writing multiple choice exam questions, but Victoria, I think you've got experience in that field as well. Yeah, indeed. Certainly in reviewing, um, you know, submissions for various certificates. I think I think multi-choice questions can only take or to demonstrate the learning to a certain extent. You can't go beyond a certain level of recall or application with a multiple choice question. And I think, therefore, they're suitable for people with less in-depth knowledge and less in-depth experience, potentially. Mm. Um, so I think looking at what's available in the industry and where we use them mm. i think they're probably used well you know yeah. at, at the low, lower end of um experience at the lower end of qualifications mm. um in terms of you know that, that sort of seniority yeah. um so i think i think there is definitely a place for them mm. uh, can you demonstrate deep knowledge and learning from a multi-choice question probably not mm. um you can't do the it depends and ask the scenario context around the question maybe that you want to yeah. do and it's it's an interesting one because if we rely solely on multiple choice questions as an assessment method there's a there's a risk of criticism that perhaps the individual doesn't have tested their interpersonal skills um the ability to listen ability to speak clearly to understand context and those kind of things are, are really key for being a professional and yeah. if if we only have multiple choice questions we're not assessing some of those other broader interpersonal skills which are absolutely fundamental in my opinion yeah. for us being a professional we have to have very adept communication um skills and, and the other skills around 
you know interpersonal skills time management written communication um things around stakeholder relationship management negotiation facilitation all of those things yeah. they're not as easily assessed by the multiple choice and method but I'm, I'm going to add that it, it is um in terms of a, an approach uh for the the bodies that are putting together multiple choice questions and and i am part of this industry it, it's it's much more efficient than someone um reading and marking a written exam paper mm-hmm. um and that takes a lot of time there's an expense associated with that and there's also a disadvantage that you if you're sitting an exam you don't get your instant result which you do get with a multiple choice exam and that's kind of there, there's a always a pro and a con against these different things um now we've mentioned that some of us are, we're all involved in the bcs diploma scheme as oral examiners and that's a bit of an anomaly and before this pod we've looked at pmi we've looked at ireb and we've looked at a4q alliance for qualifications and iiba and their assessment methods relative to their respective qualifications and one of the anomalies that that's thrown out is this international diploma oral exam that seems to be a one of a kind in terms of an assessment method certainly across those um, bodies that that I've referenced just then. What do you think the advantage is of having that oral exam for uh, as an assessment method for business analysis, skill and competence? Um, Victoria, do you want to do you want to tackle that one? I think, you, I think you hit the nail on the head before, Jonathan. I think it's that demonstration of of, of strong interpersonal skills and um, the ability to, you know, present a confident case in in our day-to-day jobs that's a fundamental part of what we're doing mm. and i think for the diploma qualification that that represents a certain level of maturity a certain level of expertise that you should be comfortable having a professional conversation with with two examiners and that's yeah. that's the premise of the oral exam and i think it's it's absolutely suited to the level that you're trying to attain with that with that diploma um and i think if we ever lost that in the future mm. it would it would be a loss to the profession if i'm honest because you you have to you have to be convincing knowledgeable articulate etc to pass that oral exam and i think it, it suits it suits our role and our yeah. profession really well yeah yeah it's a, it's it's an interesting one because it, it is an anomaly relative to the other uh, professional certification bodies that, that I, I rev do one don't they I, I rev do an oral at the expert level do they i might, I might have incorrect yeah I, I, so if they do they have one do they which is that then therefore makes if they've got an oral that is testing those interpersonal skills as well which is you know testament i think i think it's quite an advanced level that they mm. that they put that in um but yeah, I think I don't know. Do other professions sit oral exams? I know a good friend of mine. She's a QP. She had to go for a several-hour oral exam to get her what, QP qualification. What is a QP? Um, it's oh no, you're testing me. It's to do with the um, pharmaceutical industry. Oh, um, okay. Around Qualified yeah. pharmacist, maybe. <laughs> have to Google that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a bit it's a bit further up the chain than that. Yeah. But yeah, it, I know she had to sit a several yeah. hour oral exam. Um, wow. So I, I don't think it's unique in to business academia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe yeah. in the qualifications for our work, it mm. might be interesting. What um, what about experience? Do you think? 
that BA should get experience before studying towards their qualification certifications? Joe, what, what, what are your thoughts on this? Another it depends, I guess, Jonathan. <laughs> but, um, um, I, I think what, one thing, the two words you use there, qualifications and certifications, I think sometimes we use these words a little too interchangeably. Mm. I, th I think they are different things to to each other mm. i think um i think a qualification is something that you perhaps study when you're either before you get into a particular profession or during the beginnings mm. as you get into that particular profession mm. and i think a certification is something that that stamps your expertise mm. having been in that that position yeah. for a while so you know, depending on what you look at. And I think this brings sort of forward that you sort of do need a strategy around your professionalism, mm -hmm. your professionalization. You, you know, there is a lot of choice out of there. We 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 we're gonna get different sort of value, these these various qualifications and certifications aim to do different things. There'll be different popularities in different regions of, of mm -hmm. the world. And it is a large investment of mm -hmm. of money and of time mm -hmm. and, and and i think having a carefully sort of crafted look at what's available and the kind of benefit that, mm. that these things will will bring you is important before mm. you decide mm. and just, just as you're talking there that kind of having a strategy for how do i become a better ba professional how do i make sure my skills knowledge are up to date and i'm working to agreed standards having a plan for success for that <clears throat> absolutely key and it does depend on what where you live in the world and what is the expectations of your employer your your industry for example and and there is there is a lot of choice out there but i think doing some research on the available routes for qualification certifications really really very useful and um the other thing that I think is really key is that you understand the origins of any bodies of knowledge that sit underneath these respective qualifications and certifications. And there are different bodies of knowledge. There's a PMI body of knowledge for business analysis. There's an IIBA body of knowledge for business analysis. There are various BCS textbooks um, that are constitute a body and i heard them described as a body of practice rather than a body of yeah. knowledge it depends on your view now if we look at the um international requirements engineering board they've got published handbooks um oh. and you can go in and, and i i would suggest this is a really useful resource go in and look at those handbooks because it, it allows you to see the underpinning bodies of knowledge underpinning the the various qualifications and certifications and the other thing i think is really important is looking at when was that body of knowledge last updated who are the authors and what what's the yeah. what's the degree of credibility of of that body of knowledge um yeah Joe, um, any, any thoughts uh, yeah, i want to behind you <laughs> yeah, it's there no no i do want to i, I want to jump in on this one a little bit um you used a word earlier this word i love and it gets it's highly underused but that's the word notation and, and victoria was right when she said well notation means language mm. and i don't think we do have one business analysis language i think we have multiple languages and as you've highlighted it could be a particular handbook a particular body of knowledge or a particular um body of practice and you know sure we 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 may err towards one or the other depending on the geographical re region or the organization or, or or whatever steers us that way 
But I do think there's something to be said for actually having those multiple perspectives, understanding mm. that there's, you know, they've got different structures, they'll, they'll give you different approaches, they'll have different perspectives. And I think if we follow one of them, we can become a bit sort of template driven, mm. you know, and we we believe that this is the one way, the only way, and we'll do it this way every, every time. I, I think there's definitely something to be said for having a bit of a mindset of saying, well, let me look at each of these. Let me take the best, best bits from them, you know, see see what works, see what doesn't work, and 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 trying to sort of grow with that regard, I think. Mm. Yeah, I guess taking a growth mindset towards your learning. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think that that's that echoes the way our industry is as well. We practice business analysis in various contexts, in various industries, various domains. Um, one size in manufacturing or financial services doesn't fit retail, for example. It's mm. it's about having having a broad um, spectrum of of tools at your disposal to apply for the relevant you know the relevant context that you're working in, mm. um, and you know particularly important if you're you know a consultant or you move around industries very regularly. That mm. that kind of stuff, I think you should bake that into your learning approach and your learning plan mm. so that you develop yourself in, in that in that broad context. I think it's yeah. really important for professional yeah. development. Absolutely key, isn't it? Um, one of the things I'm, I'm going to throw in in terms of professional development that I think is really important is reflecting on your work. So reflecting on your work, what, what went well, what didn't go so well, what would you do differently next time? I think talking with mentors and coaches to help you reflect or peers can be really key for us improving our own individual practice. And if we can share knowledge around that with other BA professionals, that can also mean that we're learning lessons collaboratively, not just one or two people, but sharing those 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 flaws, those strengths, whatever it might be that we've, yeah. we've done. Um, we're, quite, we're quite blessed in our industry that we've got a number of um, you know, regular events in the calendar that, that we can go and get those those case studies, get that input, get that conversation flowing, um, you know, across the world. It's not just, you know, there's yeah. not a particular, you know, central place for it. It's, it's genuinely across the world yeah. that we can go and get that exposure and that yeah. um, broader understanding. Mm. And that, that talking with that believable professionals, um about the subjects and about the things we're trying to learn and apply i think irrespective of the forum that we do that but just by doing it we're, we're helping each other to uplift the profession and and i think the more that we do that the better for each of us as an in, as individuals and there's a collective benefit as well um which i think is really key um right we're coming towards the end of the pod now so i just want to kind of um, see if there are any final thoughts joe professionalization of business analysis any final thoughts hints tips anything you wanted to say that we've we've not covered um, um there's a, a can of worms there if we wanted to open it <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, well i'm not going to open a can of worms as you're okay. looking, to, looking to close out jonathan um i'd probably just like to follow up on what you you just said i i, I think one of the things for me, and I read this in a leadership book last year, and, and I thought it was it was advice that, I don't know, it might be common, but I'd never really considered it. But it's how well do you learn? So we've got these different methods of learning. I mean, we've talked about 
various certifications today at a high level, qualifications. Victoria's just mentioned conferences. Of course, there are handbooks, there are books, there are podcasts, there's YouTube. I mean, we, we really are blessed with yeah. an awful lot of sources that we we can get our knowledge and skills from. And I think sometimes we just take them or we just go to them, depending on what's put in front of us. But actually working out how you best learn. And by learn, I also mean retain, like how you keep it. And I think sometimes to bring it a little bit full circle to these multiple choice exams, we might cram before, we might scrape the exam, and then we might promptly forget everything that we learned in, the, in those last few hours before. So as much as we, we've talked about qualifications, I think there's a, an awful lot of other opportunities to learn. And I think finding the way that works best for you by reflecting on if you read that book, how much did you retain? If you yeah. crammed for that exam, how much did you retain? And and just building that into your strategy would, would yeah. be worthwhile. And at, at retaining it then gives you a foundation from which to apply it in your practice. Yeah. And um yeah, I think I think that's a really important point there, Joe. So thank thank you. Victoria, any final kind of things that you wanted to say? Any final thoughts, any advice for anyone looking to develop their professional skills? Yeah, I th I think I think through through the years it's it's kind of jumped out to me that how much choice there is and how how you can really tailor your um your professional development depending on where you are in your career you know we've talked about bcs talked about iba we've talked about rf they've all got merits um and particular areas that they're very, they're very strong at and i think taking the time to do the research maybe working with a mentor or mm. your ba community um yeah. you know in in the in the office um can really help you tailor that approach to um, to growth essentially yeah yeah brilliant a great great final thoughts um my final thoughts i'm gonna answer my own question is mm -hmm. do the work you've got to do the work you've got to do the research you've got to do the study look at their respective merits of your options create a strategy for how you're going to develop your own professional skill sets uh, that that is tailored to you and your needs um i like to learn in bite-sized chunks i like to work towards building my toolkit um i like talking with people to to learn and reflect and practice and then, and then the, the best way that i learn is by applying the tools so there's no point going on uh, a course or listening to a podcast or reading a book if you don't then apply the lessons from it and that applying the lesson in the real world is is how i think we can develop our practice and, and you might not get it right first time you might you might be drawing something like a customer journey map for the first time with a stakeholder and it might not land quite so well but you've learned something from that exactly. so that the next time you draw the customer journey map or a process model or whatever it might be you're better at it and you're better because you've got more confidence and competence at what it is that you're doing so I do think repeated practice and repeated yeah. kind of um, <clears throat> learnings as well can, can be really useful. And it's good to fail. You know, it's it, we, yeah. we as humans, yeah. we don't like failure, yeah. but actually yeah. it's a massive learning opportunity. Yeah. I do learn yeah. from it. And then because I've got a ridiculous amount of bias, um, because I'm, I'm a co-author of some of the BCS um, books <laughs> and I'm heavily invested in um, BCS qualifications and certifications both personally and 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 professionally 
um, I would suggest you know, don't just think that there's only one shop out there for your professional route development. There's a big, big opportunity for people to learn and go look at the advanced diploma modules would be my suggestion. You know, if you've got an interest in business architecture, for example, mm. fantastic business architecture module there. Um, if you've got an interest in in a different area. So um, I, I do lots of work in service design, which I've been talking to Joe about recently. There's a there's a whole raft of qualifications and, and training available to you in the field of service design. Um, but it's kind of you've got to tailor your approach for learning, the things that you want to learn about based upon your needs and what your organization goals and outcomes, what's your strategy, which goes back to the point point that Joe made earlier. What what is your strategy? Um, but but you're also now dropping in the ability that the BCS gives you to actually tailor to what whatever it is that your aspirations are yes. it, it's not like a one size fits all it's mm -hmm. what are your interests what are your strengths where do you want to go yeah and what do you want to learn what do you want to learn yeah yeah so there's there's a, an extremely biased partisan <laughs> uh, but i am admitting my bias um right from the outset but um i just want to thank um i'm going to thank um David, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, so I want to share where did the idea for this pod come from? Um, and David Pauzard asked this question to Victoria and myself um, in a pub after the Business Analysis Managers Forum. He asked, oh, oh yeah, Victoria, did. Jonathan, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> what BA qualifications would you do? Which uh, yes. route would you go down? We had a great discussion. And we did. I to say thank you to David for raising that original question. And yeah. thanks to Victoria and to Joe for joining us today. I want to thank Pleasure. everyone for listening and for watching. And I do just want to say um, that if you like what you've seen today, please do like and subscribe and share the pod with others if you think it will be useful for them. So it's a great learning opportunity. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> thank you.